Hey, Armstrong and Getty here. And the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation. Good or bad or mediocre will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. This morning, FBI agents are looking at that 20-year-old suspect's background, dissecting his life. Who are his friends and associates back in Ohio? In addition to interviews of those who know him, expect agents to conduct searches of his home, workplace, and to exploit his computers and phones. They want to know if he has ties to organized hate groups, white supremacists, or others. And George, while anyone who engaged in violence was wrong, the protesters and counter-protesters, the catalyst for the violence were the Klansmen, the neo-Nazis, and the white supremacists who have a documented history of hate and violence this morning so there you go that that's that's the question i have we're we're trying to get to layer two of this conversation all right people right beyond the first layer that i'm going to assume you either had with friends family or in your own head 48 hours ago we're on to layer two of the conversation it's a horror it's a nightmare and nobody likes nazis and the guy specifically who drove the, the car into the crowd they should just execute him today He's got something wrong with him. Uh, but so what, the, so what that correspondent just said on ABC this week, I've heard, I've heard a thousand times. The, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm asking a question because I haven't taken in all the video and everything like that. But what he just said there, the, the, the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists were the instigators of the violence. Because of their history of violence. Were, were they at this event? That's what I don't know. I haven't seen any videos showing that they were the instigators of violence at this, at this event. Well, Before the guy drove the car through the crowd. Um, do you do you know? Because nobody. No, well, I will tell you this: I've just watched a couple of different versions of the the car careening into the crowd. It is striking that the moment it stops, and it stops quite quickly after hitting those poor people. The moment it stops, half a dozen people wearing helmets camouflage and wielding clubs and bats begin wailing on the car that they were that close that present and that involved in everything that there was plenty of violence to go around and see that's what here's listen here's my overarching theory and for the love of god do you, do i need to say it again freaking nazis and klansmen are you kidding me God, you just can't get rid of them. It's just it's shocking that they still exist. Shocking and horrifying. Well, there's a lot of dumb-looking people in that crowd. Oy. I mean, they just look dumb. Here's the issue, though. That commentator right there, for some reason, and, and I'm telling you, I'm a referee. I'm watching a game, an ugly, ugly game of political violence. 
I'm seeing plenty of violence on both sides. And it troubles me that nobody's willing to talk about that because they think it, what, derails their anti-Nazi um, program or, or wish to stamp out the KKK or something like that. I, I just, I'm troubled by the fact that nobody is being honest about it. Well, we know for a fact that there have been a number of uh, of gatherings that were peaceful that the Antifa people showed up with clubs and bats and helmets and started the violence. We know that right. for a fact. Right. That's happened. You know, the, the 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 chick that led the thing was in court the other day in, in California. Right. We, we, we know got that, that for a fact. Uh, professor who split people's heads open with bike lock. So, uh, bike lock. Right. And then yeah. they talk about it on YouTube videos. So it's not, you know, it's not hard to figure out what's going on there. So right. I was just wondering, is that what happened during the day at this, or were the uh, the white supremacists, did they show up fighting people also? I'm looking at this video. This is before the car drove through when, when people are battling. Now, is that... In, in helmets and clubs and bats and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's it's... both sides, yeah. So we just, we, we can't... The, the 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 Nazis and the white supremacists, as, as dumb as they are, they get to show up and protest if they want to. Right. It's, it's in the Constitution. Well, go ahead. Sorry. So, but when the other people show up and start swinging clubs and stuff like that, that should be reported on. I would agree. And here's what we were talking about when uh, the Antifa scumbags were doing their thing in uh, Berkeley, for instance, or some other places. And and it really gives me no satisfaction being right in this case. What what we said at the time, and and we warned you, America, is that if we tolerate political violence from the left. Just because it's from the left and we're kind of sort of sympathetic, it's going to spread. And the only way the the uh, victims of that violence, whether it's people innocently gathered for Milo Yiannopoulos speech, including people who had no interest in seeing them, they just wanted to see what would happen, getting their heads split open. They will soon have no option but to defend themselves physically. And then you're going to have violence from the right and the left and back and forth. And the and here's why, you, you moral cowards, here's why you've got to condemn it immediately. Because the so-called fascists and Nazis of your Antifa crowd include people who are like no further right than Bob Dole or Charles Murray and his assistant getting roughed up at the Amherst College or wherever that was in the East. Um Anybody to the right of, you know, Jimmy Carter suddenly is a fascist and they show up and beat them down. And here's where you really get into a problem. Then a lot of America sees people like them being called like themselves being called, you know, fascists or, or racists or whatever and, and, and getting beaten down. And seemingly nobody in the media, nobody in the establishment coming to their uh, their aid. And that's how violence metastasizes. So, and we told you this was going to happen, that the, they let the Nazis march through Skokie, Illinois, and the cops kept them safe. And you know what happened? Their stupid, moron ideas were exposed to the light of day where they quickly withered. Nobody nobody watched them march and thought, oh my God, that's great, I'm going to join. No, everybody watched them march and thought, what a bunch of morons, and then went home. I'm telling you, tolerance for political violence leads only to more violence. You got something, Sean? I just don't. I, I have a hard time kind of comparing 
the the reactions to people when you know people like Charles Murray or Ben Shapiro are going to college campuses to kind of discuss quote unquote conservative ideas and having that be a parallel to people showing up with Nazi flags and doing Nazi salutes, marching with torches. I mean, it's just. And maybe it's a simplistic view on my part, but it's it, the optics of it are very different to me. Oh, they, they certainly are, but well, they yeah, get Milo to do that. Milo Yiannopoulos is not a Nazi. No. He's incredibly politically incorrect. It is. And you might really dislike him, but he's not a friggin' Nazi. But in theory, we're unique in this way on the planet. I don't think there's any other country that does this, is there? Where you, in theory, get to get a permit as a white supremacist. You, you get to show up at the state capitol or whatever with a sign that says... You know, whites rule blacks out of the country and march around and it's your constitutional right. And you're supposed to be protected so that you can fulfill that constitutional right. I think we're the only country that does that. Yeah. But in theory, that's supposed to happen. And and I don't necessarily see a lot of value in seeing which one of these two factions threw the first punch when both sides clearly showed up prepared for battle. That's what we were saying uh, in the wake of the Milo Yiannopoulos thing. That's what we both predicted. Soon you're going to see the people on the receiving end of the violence show up ready for violence, and that's when it spreads. Because you have to. Because you have to, yeah. Self-preservation. And, you know, whether it's, you know, Nazis or people who just want to go hear Milo Yiannopoulos make his jokes about feminists, sooner or later you got to come ready for violence. And, uh, and you know, that's where we are, as predicted. we got to decide that nobody gets to stop somebody from saying what they want to say, no matter what they're saying. we got to, right. we just got to have a blanket policy on that nationwide, or, or we're going to be doomed. You know, a couple of interesting things. I was watching a uh, photographer who's being interviewed on the ex- the horrible CNN fake news. CNN sucks. CNN sucks. And he was saying they uh, they hit him with the president's statement about violence from all sides. Did you see violence from all sides? And he unleashed this uh, verbal tap dance lie about how well the violence, of course, is the history of the Klan. Okay, all right, super duper. We're all against the Klan. Okay, can we agree on that? But he wouldn't admit that the violence came from both sides. Until you have the moral courage to actually say what's happening, you're never going to solve the problem. Second thing he said, though, which was interesting, was he said, virtually every altercation I saw, because there are rolling brawls, he said, virtually every single one of them could have been prevented by a significant police presence, but the cops were standing around and watching. So that's an interesting contrast with the great First Amendment moments of days gone by. I remember the police presence for the uh, Nazi marches through Skokie. It was like every cop in America was there. It was something. Nobody got squirrely. I mean, nobody nobody messed around. Well, there's a new video out of that uh, a-hole driving the car through the crowd. Somebody was standing right there where he smashed it into the other car and had their phone out just after that, that time. And it's, uh, it's something to see. It happened so fast. Um. We'd play the audio, but there's a lot of F-bombs. If I saw a car smash into a bunch of people, I'd be dropping F-bombs. So, And yeah. I also think that a lot of the kind of social penalties for this thing, like the like the gentleman who lost his job at the hot dog stand, those things all can still happen and exist for people participating in these rallies that you disagree with so publicly and so openly without the violent pushback. In fact, it, it often allows maybe more of them to expose themselves to the light of day. That's sure. a, that's a yeah. tough one. Where are his constitutional rights? Can you, uh, can you fire somebody for believing whites are a superior race? Well, yeah, th- and that actually, well, it depends what sort of group he was representing, because that's not necessarily what, what they believe, but... Um, what, who believes? Th- well, it depends which group you're talking about. 
Um, he might just be, well, anyway, there's no point in parsing these people. There, we're getting emails saying he was surrounded by the guys with clubs and bats that are beating on the car, and he panicked. I hope America's uh, criminal justice system will get to the bottom of that. There's a lot of videos, I think. I'll bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. Because it was in the midst of like the thing was really like, you know, getting pretty, pretty hot. Mm -hmm. I'll bet they're I'll bet they've got a hundred pretty good cell phone videos to pour through. Yep. Yeah. That that they're gathering. So, yeah, there'll there'll be a lot of evidence. And it's visually it's very tight quarters. It's not a huge open city street. It's it looks like almost an alley. There's tall buildings on both sides. Tons of people. So it's super crowded. And it goes forward uh, about 100 feet. And then goes back just as quickly, maybe 150 feet. Isn't it amazing, Vincent, how quickly guys with clubs are beating on his car? Yeah. Isn't that something, though? God, So obviously that was kind of a combat zone there. God, we should not have people showing up to to rallies with clubs. God, look at all these people fighting, just brawling, smashing each other with clubs and jabbing each other with... Look at all the people wearing helmets. Everybody's got pepper spray. They're spraying each other. Rolling street battles. That's where we are. Fantastic. Yeah, well. <laughs> that was sarcasm. They should have been called out several years ago when this sort of thing was started. Started That you can't allow this, this, this sort of violence at any political rally, no matter what side it's on. Right, right. Even if it's people coming to beat down uh, you know, Trump voters, which they allowed in San Jose. Just thought that was fine. They're Trump voters. I don't care if they get beaten down. You start that, and this is where it goes. Uh, And I'm glad you brought that up. And that was, I'm not sure I I explained that as artfully as I could have. When you allow that sort of political violence, and it spreads beyond people who quote, unquote, these are not my words, but people who deserve it. And, And to me, if you're demonstrating peacefully, you get to express yourself. That's the First Amendment, which I cherish. But anyway, when it spreads beyond, you know, Klansmen to people just walking down the street near a Trump rally or people attending or wearing a MAGA hat or whatever, when that violence spreads beyond them and they don't see help coming from the authorities or help coming from the media condemning that violence, that's when you you, you almost force like moderate conservatives who think it'd be a hoot to have Trump be president, you almost force them into the arms of more extreme elements who they believe might protect them. And that's how violence spreads in political systems. It's 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 you know, it's a story that's played out a hundred times in recent history, but nobody cares about history. This I think complex nuanced conversation. And the president, I think, should have been more specific since David Duke invoked his name over the weekend. Right. We can talk about that more later. Stay with us. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. is a little of the audio from uh, you got the uh, the white supremacist marching, then you got the anti-protest, anti-them marching saying whose streets are streets, then you got the guy in the car slamming into everybody. 
Then you got people immediately on top of the car with bats and clubs, which shows you that's when you realize, holy cow, a lot of these people are armed. Right. We can't have all these political gatherings where so many people are armed. Yeah, that's something. Why, why, why aren't more authorities concerned about this? Or why weren't they more concerned about it two years ago when it was going on in California and Seattle and, and everywhere else? Right. Yeah. Man, we can't have people showing up to political rallies ready like they're in battle gear, like they're in Game of Thrones clothes. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and there were a fair number of guns on the scene, but nobody shot anybody, as far as I have heard we're still going to have one of these where a hundred people buy yep we're still going to have one until until it's decided that uh anybody gets to rally who wants to and uh and, and you can't shut it down by beating on them and both sides catch on to that and i mean until that ha- until we restore that it's been that way for a long time until we restore that we're going to have a really really violent one coming it could be that the Number of people who don't buy that notion that it has to stay people uh, peaceful could be there are too many people who think that way now, and there's there's no stopping it. Could be. It reached certain critical mass. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to cordon off the entire city and uh, say, all right, nobody with any clubs gets in here. Well, they'll fight on the outskirts of the city. Uh, so I'll hit you with a couple of texts, different points of view. People, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, actually, violence metastasizes when you get a president that is elected in large part for his hateful philosophy. A president that claimed he knew nothing about David Duke or white supremacists and blew his dog whistles. I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with white supremacy or white supremacists, he said. So I don't know. Did did he endorse me or what's going on? Because I know nothing about David Duke. That routine. Yeah. So we got another number of people texting that. Um, How many of those Antifa and BLM types were bust in? By the same groups who were sending in lunatics to attack Trump supporters, you think? Is this all part of the same crowd? What videos are you vaginas looking at? It's obvious he hit them. Stop supporting hate, you idiots. Obviously, it's who obviously hit who? who hit who? I don't know. It's time God, about you're the- a man of few angry words. Yeah. you got to be a little more... You gotta explain what you're talking you about. You vaginas. From, yes. from the videos I've seen, I don't find the argument that he was startled and scared by the people around him and panicked and ran over people very compelling. I I, I haven't even heard that actually. Well, it was I think it was a text or an email that somebody mm. said before. Yeah, it that certainly doesn't pass the the eye test to me. But because you've I'm, seen all the videos, and I've you've seen, seen the angles, and I've or, seen several videos, okay. but I haven't seen all of them. Right. I, I yeah, I think he wanted to run over people. Um. Uh oh, this is this one. So we got several of the can you be fired in America for showing up to a white supremacy uh rally. You're on the side of white supremacists mm. and you get caught on video and your job finds out about it, can they fire you? Uh we got this question. Um is it all right to publicize the name of the guy who just lost his job, like the guy in Berkeley because KGO just did in their newscast, KGOR. Mighty station KGO. Uh, so that's uh, hmm, that's something. Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I don't know. That's, there, it's a bit of a There's wobbler. no promise of privacy at a publicly held rally where Certainly not. there's media, where you know media is going to be there. This is in a public park or venue. I don't see any sort of expectation of privacy. There. God, there's no expectation well, of there's, privacy. There's expectation of privacy. Then there's having a news organization announce your name as an unsavory character. I mean, that's an that's an editorial decision. News organizations regularly leave people's names out of stories 
if if it would bring infamy or danger or whatever to them and they don't have it coming. It's a judgment call. Although, uh, yeah, social media is so powerful now. I don't know. I don't know if you're making much distinction if you don't put it on a radio station, if it's all over Facebook and everywhere else in the modern world. True that. That's the thing. They put about four or five of the prominent uh, marchers on Twitter with the with the words up there saying, "Do you know where this guy works? <laughs> uh, find out his name." And I, I would just think it carries over into like a, a distraction if people are calling Top Dog in Berkeley saying, "Why does this guy work here?" Yeah, well, all, all sides are doing that now. It's it's a big thing. You get docked, as they say. They figure yeah. out who you are, where you live, et cetera, et cetera, and and, and uh, trying to ruin your life. We should um, play. Get the... you fired from your plum gig, slinging dogs, slinging tube steaks. We you should want crowd on that. We should play the Trump statement again. We actually should come up with a video because you should you should see it because it looks to me like he tacks on the part that's causing the controversy at the end on his own, which is just an interesting decision on his part because somebody wrote the statement, um, which would have been. You know, one of those, it's so, what most presidents do, and it's so easy to do, is to make a statement that's a nothing. Doesn't do any good, but it doesn't get you in any trouble. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what most politicians say. Right. And I think he had one of those prepared, but then he had to tack on a little extra. And so then he calls his, his inimitable style. Right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, President Trump at the White House today now dealing with the Virginia aftermath, energy drinks linked to addictions. And O.J.'s infamous white Bronco is going to be the star of one of Vincent's favorite TV shows tonight. What? Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. What? How many lottery tickets did you buy for the the big jackpot? Forty bucks worth. Forty bucks worth. Yeah. Grandpa plays the Powerball. Is that forty tickets? Are they are they a dollar a piece? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll go ahead and roll over another twenty on uh, Wednesday's game. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. Big money out there. Absolutely. Game. Somebody's <laughs> got to win. Somebody's got to win. Should have gone 50, Marshall. You would have won. Might as well be you. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. When did you realize you didn't win the Mega Millions lottery? I trotted over to uh, my lottery uh, dispensary around 9 o'clock Sunday morning, and uh, I did not win. And I got to tell you, it was a sad group of people there. This is yeah, one of the, agreed. This is one. This is the people who don't have internet. You can check the numbers on your phone, now, Marshall. Come on, there's a rush when you go into the you know the mini mart and you, you check it out. It's the exciting way to do it. Yeah, and then you get to meet greet some of the other people. And there was there was one couple in front of me who were pulling out like slips of paper and numbers, and the woman who was checking, and then the woman said, "Oh, wait a minute," and ran out to her car and came back in with another lottery ticket. I and forgot I got one in the ashtray. That, that's what she was saying, basically. <laughs> and so then they dicker about, all right, how many other tickets do we want to buy? And so they gradually uh, parsed out. And then the guy actually reached into his pocket for change. Yeah. And they bought a bunch of scratchers. Then he pulled out one of his gold teeth and then he, <laughs> like, cut into his own back and pulled out a kidney and begged for a few more tickets so he could keep living the dream. I'm telling you, the, the, convenience, store, the convenience store is one of the saddest places yes. in America. Somebody needs to do a documentary about the convenience store crowd, the, the lifestyle. Because it's its own lifestyle. It's all energy drinks, lottery tickets, and cigarettes, yep. and, then and the, short-term thinking. And, and then, and then, and then the couple debated how many scratchers should they buy. So they buy ten scratchers. I walk out after I found out I didn't win anything, 
and they're both leaning on the car, scratching oh, away. I know. I see that every because I get oh. bottled water when I get my bottled water. Yeah. There's always people on the hood of their car yeah. scratching up, and the look on their face when they don't win anything. Oh, again, I got to go back to my regular life, and they throw it in the trash. <laughs> Marshall's <laughs> looking down on those people, but are they looking down on you, Marshall? Ah, nah, of course ah, not. No, I skipped it with a smile on my face. I didn't have to reach into my mm. pocket for change. There you go. Come it's on. just a hobby with him. Sure. News now with Marsha Phillips. <laughs> President Trump heading back to Washington this morning. He's going to get an update on the Charlottesville, Virginia investigation when he meets with the Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He is going to talk again about Charlottesville right around noon West Coast time. Of course, you know, violence breaking out in the city Saturday at a white nationalist rally. Trump, running I got I to stop there. Uh, when did uh, it become a white nationalist? Uh, somebody texted about that, and I wondered if we got a word game thing going on here, like they did with pro-choice and pro-life, and, you know, that game is always played. Because um, uh, when did white supremacists become white nationalists? And the concern is by some that the, the whether it's the media or that crowd that's, that's anti this is going to change white supremacy into white nationalist to nationalist. And then anybody who is oh, just a oh, nationalist. Yeah. Like a pro-American type super, of a... Super pro-USA, you just, wow. you're just you just that now. Well, yeah, see, this is what happens with the dumb-dumb media, because a white supremacist is different from a white nationalist is different from a nationalist. Uh, well, but they'll for now it all together and... For now it is. Right, okay. Trump running into a lot of criticism for his initial statement about the attacks. But we're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. Meanwhile, the- And I think from watching the video, it looks to me like that statement was, he was reading a statement. Yeah. We condemn in the strongest terms this display of uh, hatred, violence, and bigotry was the statement. And then he decided, I need to add more. Right. Yeah. That sounded a little too harsh or something. I don't know what he was thinking. He just was trying to point out that the violence was coming from from all sides, that everybody was being violent. But again, we condemn this display of hatred and bigotry, period. We also condemn the violence from all sides, period. Would have been great. But not old Trump. (laughs) Can't do it. (laughs) Meanwhile, the only black member of the president's American Manufacturing Council, the CEO of the nation's third largest pharmaceutical company, is resigning, citing, quote, a responsibility to take a stand against intolerance and extremism. President Trump lashing out almost immediately this morning at Merck CEO Kenneth Frazier on Twitter. Official President Trump tweet reader, Vincent Nicholas. Now that Ken Frazier of Merck Pharma has resigned from President's Manufacturing Council, he will have more time to lower rip-off drug prices! (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Didn't see that one going there. (laughs) No, me neither. All right, energy drinks, it looks like, can put young adults at greater risk of alcoholism and drug abuse down the road. That's the warning from a study out by the University of Maryland that looked at college students who regularly consume the energy drinks. They found that by age 25, nearly half were more likely to use cocaine, stimulants, and develop an increased disposition toward alcoholism. That's the energy drinks that they are downing by the gallon. They seem to go hand in hand somewhat. I don't know why. What, with alcohol? Yeah. Mm. 
Well, yeah, you put you mix the alcohol with the energy drink, and then you get, keep the buzz going a lot longer. I wonder if know? it's just a, uh, the people with a desire to alter their mood greatly or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't do energy drinks, so I don't really know what they feel like. The infamous Ford Bronco that O.J. Simpson used in his 1994 low-speed uh, police chase will be up for sale on tonight's episode of Pawn Stars. What year is it? Wow. Uh, 94, so it's I mean. 94? Yeah, 94 white Bronco. That's a cool truck. Former, Wait a second, that can't be, because he killed those people in what, 92? He was in, driving it in the future. <laughs> Former OJ agent Mike Gilbert owns the SUV. He was filmmaking an effort to unload it on the History Channel show. Gilbert said he was once offered half a million dollars for the Bronco. Should have taken it, dumb dumb. <laughs> and he wants to give any money he makes to his children. You know, he bought it from Al Callings. Simpson's friend who was behind the wheel during the chase. That's how he got hold of it. What did he pay for it? Do we know? I don't have any idea what he paid for it. So anyway, Pawn Stars, you'll see the O.J. Simpson Ford Bronco what up kind of for shapes, sale. What kind of shape's it in? Does it come with a wig and a gun? <laughs> $10,000 cash. <laughs> They're selling your Bronco juice. <laughs> juice. Juice. Just like it's a 93 Ford Bronco? There you okay. go. Yeah. How are we going to get to the uh, the memorabilia show, Juice? Is he using any it's oil? It's like he's not really the juice anymore. Right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. How are we going to go back and get your memorabilia from that hotel room, Juice? Juice, Juice, Juice. Oh, 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 a, um, a crime that O.J. committed that the Nevada people didn't know about, were unaware of, while they were deciding whether or not he should get out. This is kind of an interesting story, hmm. if you want a little O.J. for you. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. All right, then. They should have said something. Well, they probably would have if they'd have been aware of the crime. Plus, keep those texts, those tweets, those emails coming. You can email us, armstrongandgetty at yahoo.com. Your reactions to Charlottesville ugliness. We've got some more of those to share with you. Oh, yeah. It's the unraveling. Are you going to explain that? People want to hear you explain that. I already have. No okay. unraveling. Okay. We all hate each other. We think it's okay to beat each other over the head. Okay. We there's no effort to understand anybody else's point of view. Eh, it's it's coming apart. Just uh, you know what? Here's my advice to you all: figure out how to profit by the unraveling. Try to figure out how to have a happy life. I'm more concerned about how to stay safe during the unraveling. Uh, Remain in your homes. Jeez. Stay Do tuned. Do not panic. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Many years ago, when I came to Los Angeles, I came from Hawaii, and I had all this blonde hair and a tan, and I met an agent because I really wanted to be an actor and get an agent, and he said, wow, bro, you must surf. And I said, uh, yeah, and that was the first of many lies that I told to get to where I am today. Thank you. Chris Pratt receiving an award at the Teen Choice Awards, which is something, apparently. You must surf. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of surfing. Oh, with the board and the waves and everything. Oh, hang 10 is the thing, I think. Anyway. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Hang 10. Uh, so, yeah, this this uh, story came out over the weekend. The Nevada Parole Board was unaware of an old O.J. Simpson's convi- conviction 
that they should have known about, but uh, some sort of problem with computer databases, state to state or something. Mm. Was it the road rage thing? New Year's Day, 1989. Uh, O.J. Simpson, I was about to say allegedly, but I don't have to say allegedly, he was convicted. Um, O.J. Simpson punched, kicked, and slapped his wife while yelling, I'll kill you. He pled no contest, which in California is a conviction. Ah, right. And the Nevada people should have been aware of that to at least be able to say something when the guy sitting there says, I've lived a drama-free life, conflict-free life. Right. I never hurt anybody. I mean, I just, you know, I don't. Um, you were convicted in 1989 of punching, kicking, and yelling, I'll kill you at your wife. Right. Uh, so I don't know if that would have kept him in jail. But it's uh, probably worth bringing up when a guy is saying something like that. He's clearly lying to you. Uh, You were convicted of that. I mean, that's a hell of a thing to have on your record. You absolutely bring that up. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you make him answer for it. Then you get a sense of, okay, is this guy... Has this guy got any honesty in him whatsoever? Well, the kind of guy who's going to sit there and say, I've lived a conflict-free life. I never get in any trouble. Never have. Uh, yeah. Who's, who's been convicted of beating his wife and screaming, I'll kill you? That guy who will lie, sit there and lie about that? That's not uh, somebody you should let out. Exactly. Yeah. So that is an oversight on Nevada. Bad yeah. on you, Nevada. That and whorehouses. Bad on you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice look, Nevada. <laughs> nice state. Wait a second. We're on in Nevada. We love Nevada. I do actually. I actually like do Nevada. like Nevada yeah. a lot. And if people want to consort with the uh, sex workers, I don't mind. No, I don't care about that at all. Actually, I don't suggest it, but I, I um, have no problem with it. You want to stop at some dusty old hut in the middle Oy. of the desert and Yar. sex up some meth skank? Do whatever you oh, want. Oh, hey now, huh? hey, hey, huh? hey! Don't impugn America's sex workers like that. I'm sorry. So the mooch left Colbert high and dry. He was supposed to be on Colbert tonight. Oh! Somehow the communications director, former communications director, was unable to have his people out communicating one message. And uh, one of his people told Colbert mooch would be on the show with an exclusive oh, yeah, first interview. There. He'll be there. And his other people were telling other people, yeah, he'll be, we'll be here Friday. And then somebody else will be there Saturday. And so he's done like four interviews already, and, and he's not going on Colbert. So that's the end of that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All the I, verve has gone out of his... Oh! I saw him yesterday, and I was kind of excited about it, but very quickly I thought, this just this is the way my mind works. I think it's the way America's mind, mind works now. It just seems so old and stale. Nah, We got North sad. Korea, we got Charlottesville, we got new <laughs> stories, we got new controversies. Right. That's old. That seems like it was two years ago. With that stuff. Oh, by the way, this is kind of interesting on the Scaramucci thing. Um, Howard Kurtz, is he the media reporter for Fox? He is indeed. I knew him back when he was the media guy for uh, the Washington Post, and I yep. always really, really liked him, and um, and now he works for Fox. But he pointed out that if you have a relationship with a reporter, like Scaramucci says he did with this <laughs> New Yorker reporter, you regularly call up and have conversations um where you assume things are off the record. If you have a working relationship without saying this is off the record, if you know somebody, and I can understand that. If we if we had a reporter we know, like we've known for years, we would think we could ha- we could call him up and say a variety of crazy crap that's not on the record because we're friends without saying this is off the record. Mm. Kurt said that's pretty common. 
if you've got a relationship with people. Well, okay. I, I don't think I would do it. So Scaramucci saying, I thought we were off the record, is not as crazy as it sounds. I still think calling up a reporter and saying that stuff and thinking it's not going to come out is a, is a pretty naive. I think it's crazy, crazy, stupid. You're the White House communications director. But I don't know what his relationship with this guy is. I mean, do they go out for drinks? They hang out with their wives <laughs> well, and that a, sort of thing? There's a bit of a conflict. Uh, the reporter says, we don't know each other. And Scaramucci says, we and our families have known each other for 50 years. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So there's a bit of a different, differing view of that. Which is hilarious. I don't know if I'm I, if I'm saying anything to a reporter or anybody in the media that I know can end my career. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make sure oh, I yeah. know whether it's on the record or not. So, what did David Duke say? He mentioned Donald Trump on Saturday, part of the whole white supremacy rally. Um, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina on on, on how he says you should uh, handle that sort of thing versus right. the way the president did. So that's coming up. And this is exciting. In what to me is a really courageous, I mean, unbelievably courageous, courageous uh, announcement. Um, the University of Florida president, Ken Fuchs, wrote in a Facebook post, and I quote, the National Policy Institute is, that's uh, Richard Spencer's white nationalist organization, um, has reached out to the university to reserve space for a speaking event. Featuring white nationalist and alt-right activist Richard Spencer, per University Regulation 2.004, non-university groups, organizations, blah, 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 blah. They're going to let him speak. Let him sprum. Mm-hmm. Let him sprum. So what? what is a white nationalist as opposed to a white supremacist? Uh, from what I understand, they make no claim that any race is better than any other race. They just say... We want to hang out with white people. We think white people are better off hanging out with white people, black people with black people, etc. They're m- more segregationist. Um, so, but it, on it, the ranking of uh, abhorrent scale, they'd be below white supremacists for most know. people. Trying to parse all this stuff, I don't know. Why can't we all just get along? Teddy Roosevelt believed white people were better than other people. So Teddy Roosevelt ago, ranks above. No, okay. he's on. Uh, he's on Mount Rushmore. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.